Um, welcome to No Shame, episode 106. Today, I am graced with the presence of Imelda Duffy. Imelda Duffy is an aerial acrobat um, of the Duffy Circus, the oldest circus in the world. Um, last night when I was trying to do research on this subject, um, I couldn't actually find a lot of stuff. But what I did realise is that we have a lot of questions, Imelda. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here on the No Shame Couch and I thank you for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. You're an absolute pleasure. Um, so I have a million questions. Um, I have to say, you are you are the picture of class, you know? When you <laughs> even came in, the way you hold yourself, I have to say, you're a class. You're, you're how we imagined you coming in. Um, I remember when I was talking to Christian about... Uh, I, went, I went to the circus this year, right? And... I got this this camaraderie between the staff and everyone and the, the crazy thing is it was a Duffy circus so we're going to go into the conversation of what we've seen at the circus as well but, but going back to, 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 to the heyday what is your earliest memory of, of, of growing up in the circus? Well my earliest memory we had three of us and we were one, two and three in that order and I, I know this sounds ridiculous to kids today because they're not allowed out the door at 21. <laughs> but I, we were sent, we would be in the middle of nowhere with the show in the field and at four, three, four and five, I was handed a can, a can to go and get milk from some farmer. And there wouldn't be a farm around, but we'd go wandering over the fields and we knew we had to come home with the milk no matter where we got. So we found a cow in the field one day and the three of us spent an hour milking it. <laughs> And we came home. Imagine the kids doing that today. You can't, it's three, would, four, and five. Then three kids would die if they did that today of malaria. I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what they'd be like. That frail these days. But it was, a, I, I never realised later on in life how wonderful it was. We used to go, and we, as I say in earlier on, we used to look in at the people in their houses with their television and their fires and say, how do they live like that? <laughs> And they'd be looking at us thinking the same thing, but I wouldn't change my life for anything. My father was hilarious. He know he batter. I got many a clatter, and one day I was the hole. Oh well, definitely. And one day I was there was letting the tent. The tent was coming down, and it unless the poles are out. You can't jump on it, but I didn't realise one of the side poles was still in it, and I ran up and it was a little tear, so I fell right through the canvas onto the ground where they were pulling down the tent. And, you know, somebody else nowadays would be sending for an ambulance, but I took off running and ran into the wagon and got into bed thinking I could pretend I wasn't. So, But I was got out and clattered, and then Mammy was putting talc on the wounds. <laughs> and Daddy said, you have no idea that hurts me more than it hurts you to have to do this but that's the way it was in those days what was your father like as a man because for to, to, to get involved in the circus I, I was when I walked into the circus I was thinking you'd have to be mad to invest in this <laughs> like I'm going to invest in the circus and I, I couldn't just I couldn't picture that in my head so your oh, daddy well, as, a, as a circus man but especially in Ireland at the time daddy was the, he was the funniest man on the planet I mean, we had a man on the show a year, donkey's years ago, and he was called the Electric Man, Rennie. And he used to go in the ring and light up potatoes, bulbs, people. And then we'd leave, he'd leave at the end of the show and go into his wagon and he'd be lighting a candle. He <laughs> used to say, why can't he light up the... light up the wagon with his... But it was all but just he'd be like, yeah, show. No, no, yeah, the show. But Daddy, um, he was... 
what was he? he was <laughs> he was a bidet for electricity. I love him. <laughs> no, he was he was a great man. But um, I was like, yeah, funny enough, after all these years, and he's dead. He died at, when he was fifty six. I was twenty nine, and um, I still miss him to this day for the fun. Yes. And the laughter, and the, not the beatings. But, you know, we didn't end up uh, killing anybody because we were beat up. There's too much crap about that today. I mean, yeah. they've gone beyond, it's too far. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like if we did d- anything wrong, we, we could, you only had to look at us anyway, and we didn't. Yeah. We weren't allowed to do anything that was... Uh, you couldn't be messing. Him. No, look, look, listen... Where I, where I come from as well, you get a good boot in the arse if you, you know what I mean, or a, or a clipper down the ear. Yeah. My, my, own, my grandfather would give you a clipper down the head, you know what I mean? And, uh, and you're dead right. You only had to look at you after two or three clips and that was it and you didn't you didn't do it again. One time there though, he, we had a ring, we had a girl from England called Silbert. She was very posh and lovely. She wasn't a, she wasn't a show girl, but she did fire eating. And she came over from England and uh, she was in the ring and she had her she had glasses on. Daddy nearly collapsed. So he said, love, um, you can't wear those glasses now in the ring. And uh, she said, OK. So she came on the next show and set fire to him. And, <laughs> and she, he, we had to put him, he was, we rolled on the grass. And she said, I can't see a thing <laughs> without them. So needless to say, it made the newspapers, but he, she, she, wore, she wore her glasses for the rest of the <laughs> day. <laughs> they coming back in with the glasses to put them on. But, but these things, we were having this conversation we were downstairs about like uh, about insurance and these kind of things. Like, like back in the day when someone got hurt, what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely nothing. As I was, one day, I remember in Sneem years ago, Rennie De Beery was called. He was South African. And he used to blow. He was a fire eater there again. And he used to blow flames. It was a packed house. And he blew out the flames. And this young one with red hair went on fire. She ran out of the tent, got on a bike, was never seen again. As I said, she could still be up in a cave at 90s with no hair hiding away. But imagine that happening today, you'd be ruined. Oh, stop. It, 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 uh, I think a lot of stuff, a lot of um, a lot of the danger is being taken out of entertainment be, because of this now. Now, apart from the circus that I was on, which was, was amazing, as I said, we'll talk about, uh, or, or was that, which we'll talk about in a second. But... Um, wait, look, you're aerial acrobats. So, so, when you're, so when you're standing there and you're getting ready to, to jump... Like how? Like if if my, that was if, if I was your father and that was one of my kids, like my my kid uh, has competed in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I mean, my hands are sweating, my my mouth is dry. I can only imagine what that is like—the camaraderie that that brings around you to be able to do some of this stuff because, like, it's it there's a risk involved in it. They don't, but they don't see it like that. That's just what they do. There's nobody thinking about risks. Or, I mean, have you seen Jamie and Tom on that big wheel? I mean, that is just... I actually can't look at them when they're doing that. <laughs> it's I, so dangerous. That's the way I would be. I would be... Um, if I was looking in at one of my sons or something like that, it would be the this, this situation that I would have. I, w- I wouldn't be able to even watch it. It would it would petrify me, it would. So we can only imagine what it's like when, when you're stepping out because you, you were a showgirl at that time. Am I right? Well, we have to do... Yeah, we had to do whatever they said. You know, I would fire... Uh, fire eater and a tra- fra- knife thrower on the show and he'd no assistance so daddy said she'll do it you know me and you pay her you know <laughs> she didn't get paid much years ago when you were a family yeah. and um, so I went, ended up doing a line with him and we were going out together but if we ever had a row my god the knives got with the flaming knives got nearer to my hair and my face and then I'd hand him the whip and I'd wrap it around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing you want to be doing with. So we had, you had a bit of fun 
getting that, that that's the way it was it just wasn't ordinary to you though these that's, things just were normal what a time to have an argument with somebody that's just about to throw knives at you <laughs> yeah but they need you for the next show so they're not going to do any damage <laughs> they're, not gonna, they're not going to argue too much and um any kind of mistakes around that you've seen over your years so if you've been in the circus this long because I, to me, when people are watching people on these trapeze and ropes and stuff like that, um, what what is weird in us? There's something weird inside us that we're kind of watching to see do they fail. We're not watching to watch them walk on a rope. We're not watching to walk them swing through the air. There's this secret thing in us that that they might fail, and we're all watching, and we're all, <gasps> and that's I think that's what's captivating us. That's what keeps us watching in at this thing. Um, how crazy is it to be part of like you are that show? But you there, there again, unless something happens, you don't even think about it. You know, Daddy just made a laugh about it. My father was hilarious. But he, there was a uh, magician on one time, and he was a floating lady, and there was a mechanism at the back that used to click, you know, I'm giving the game away. Don't here, give the game away too much, uh, yeah. So she, she was clicked in, and but they couldn't get her off it. And Daddy kept saying, oh, my God. So I ended up seven of them running out of the, with her, lifting her out of the tent out the back and she was left there for the whole show because nobody had time to <laughs> she just left there left, left there and Daddy often if somebody was very aggravating that come over for, and they weren't they were English or not, weren't responsive to what he wanted he, if they did the trapeze he'd just leave them up there for the rest of the show and get on with it you know and, and leave them up on the team just for, he was just very funny we spent every night we used to he'd say you're going you're going to bed. I'm not having to get up in the morning now, but he'd start him off on some stories and you'd spend the night just laughing at him. He was so, he was so amusing. They, they, so say travelling around, um, so uh, what in some of the research I did, did I figured out the idea of this about people um, educating, getting educated on the road and stuff like that. And I go, what was that like to be able to be travelling with your family every single day to a different town? Like, what is it like for other kids to be coming and looking in at, at, at your family? Well, we didn't think about it. When we'd pull in, that wouldn't happen today now, but when we'd travel in the morning, all the kids would be looking out their bedroom windows. They'd be out the door. They'd be they'd be running after the show, and they'd come up and they'd try to give you water to get a ticket or do something. But we didn't um, didn't think any more of it. But they, they loved hanging around with the show, and I used to bring them in and put makeup on them and do stuff. I used to love interacting with them like that. But as for education, we didn't, I didn't go to school unless I were in the winter. Because it's six months on and six months off. Six months on, yeah. You couldn't do that now because be, there's too much competition around. You couldn't possibly. And then we'd work, we did an acrobatic act then, so Daddy'd have us booked into a bingo hall. We were in we were in a hotel one time with Rose Tyne and she was a singer, you wouldn't know her. And there was a stag do upstairs and we were downstairs in the I think it was in Malai and he said they said would you bring there was a stag do and said would you bring the girls up to do the act upstairs when you're finished down here and daddy'd never say no to uh, the money for the act and I said what is it or the stag do I said what about music oh we'll sort that out the fella said and daddy said well Rose will have to come with us she's part of the group but she wasn't but we guys would get paid for the two of us <laughs> We went upstairs and we're doing this acrobatic act on a table and the fella gets out spoons and starts playing them and we <laughs> we nearly fell off the table with the laughing. Imagine doing a knack to a pair of spoons. But the lads paid the exact money to dad for what we were getting downstairs. So anything, he'd have us booked in anywhere. A two for one. And, and, and being an acrobat, what, what was that like? How, how was the training for that? 
Well, there was a couple of uh, Swiss people on the show, and they, they, they actually was a great because we had the best time in the winter because we'd be doing the Gaiety or the... We spent years on all those shows and Jack Cruz and that, and we had a ball doing doing that in the winter. The station shows, like the shows. Yeah, the and still maybe you run in the gate with Danny Cummins, or not, or not the gate with Danny, but uh, Queens. And we absolutely loved it. But Danny would book you in anywhere. You could be in a bingo hall. And then one time we had three barrel, uh, barrel jumpers on the show. Now, they're big bar- barrels, and they stand there and jump straight into them and do an act with that. Daddy thought this was great, and when they left, he said he'd got three barrels. And we had them, he had them delivered to the show, and then the, the following day, three days later, in the, in the, in the paper, in the Apollo, I think it was in Walkinstown, there was three then, the three Curiakins barrel jumping act. We never even tried to do it. So that's where we had to learn. We were on that stage doing that and barrel jumping act. Yes, we were. There was no questions about it, and it was very dangerous because you could cut your legs, and the barrel wasn't Absolutely. even fixed. I can only imagine what it'd be like the, the danger. So we booked in like the three Curiakins. Eli Curiakin was the man from Uncle in those days, so we took that name and booked us in, and that's who Daddy was. Who was? Um, who? So obviously, you would have come across many interesting people, but um, say famous people that would have been because the circus. Um, I was talking to my mum last night about it and she was explaining to me about like the day where the circus magic was real. It was still really real in there. So that would have attracted all sorts of people. Who would have been a lot of the famous people that would have came and seen us? Well, I remember Burl Ives and Bray, he was making the film and he was come, He came in to see, I remember, because he was stood outside and he watched it. They, the Duffies were the quickest people in the world to take down and pull down a tent. They'd have, while the show was on, they'd have the wall and loose and they'd have the seats that weren't anyone on gone. And when the people were walking out and they'd turn around to win their car, the tent could be gone. <laughs> they used to come over from, from foreign countries and everywhere just to see the Duffy's pull down because it was a magic. It was, it just, they disappeared, the tent had disappeared. And, and who would have been some of the people that would have came to see some interesting people? Well, I kept, at the moment now, at the top of my head, we had we never thought about them as being interesting because they were just people. They weren't in the circus. Well, I mean, interesting people. We're going around with the interesting Talking people. About Eric Clapton, Sean Connery. Woo-hoo. Oh, no, that was, that was, they did a, they did a documentary for John Houston and uh, he did it. It was, it was televised. It's on, it's on television and uh, John Connery and uh, they, they all worked in, they did an acting show for Houston for charity. Daddy. But um, yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was a great life. I didn't really appreciate it till I left it. But that, do you know what? That's like most life that is, and that's what I'm starting to realise myself now. Um, I, re- I I try to live in the moment as much as I can now. So because I I learned to appreciate stuff young, and uh, I think that's a, a massive thing that people don't do. Um, you telling me now? Did you meet Charlie High? Oh, that was oh that was in, I think in, in Malahide. They were doing, we were doing, a, I don't know what it was, we were a stag, not a stag do as they know, Bella's going out before they get married. Right, right. This was our Christmas do, and they were all in black tie. And my sister was, we had worked on a table, and we were in the middle, and there were all hundreds of them around it, and she was doing a, a trick, but she put a glass of wine, meant to be, on her hand, and she did a bend over and ran around her hand. Now, it was cold tea. And Charlie himself came over. This is before the me movement. This we looked after ourselves, and he came and he put his hand under her back near her bottom. 
So I just got the t- cold tea and fecked it over his head. Daddy, <laughs> what? You got, got he glass? Head. Got and the manager swilled. said, the manager daddy said, oh, Mr. Duffy, we're around now. What has she done? Oh, my God. But whatever happened, we were invited back the following year to do the, to the act again. So that's how it worked then. If somebody annoyed you or did that, and you just dealt with it then and just, and then that was it. You didn't need a psychiatrist 20 years' time because <laughs> you were... I love you, Mel. I have to say, I love your attitude. Um, guys like Charlie Hot, you're getting away with nothing with you. I love that, you know what I mean? But, but what do you do today? What? Well, they all froze. All right. And then when they started laughing, then he started laughing, they all laughed with him. But not that I give a damn about him laughing, but I mean, that's the way it worked. We, Daddy wasn't going to turn down the money the following year to do it again. <laughs> and I, 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 yeah, these days, Charlie be going to jail. Say the situation of where the world is today to where it was then. Um, so you're, like, I don't get to sit down with really wise people every uh, uh, too much, you know what I mean? So well, what's the difference in the world then to now? Well, the difference is just horrendous. And, you know, if somebody come along now and said, I'd make you 20 now I w- and give you a million, I wouldn't. I'm glad to be heading on for 73 and maybe whatever, because the, the devil was always around. But he had to work hard, so he got behind Facebook and, and, and all these social media things. And he's sitting somewhere now, wherever it is, in a fire or whatever he sits, and he's they're doing the work for him. The world has just gone to fall into pieces with social media. And I can't bear the way it is to what the way it was for my grandchildren that they'll never know. They can't go outside the door. You have to you have to watch them. My my husband collects their grand she's fifteen and the but the my kids have eight of them and they used to go in um, to New Park and they had to go on buses, trains and automobiles. And I never thought anything of it. But we won't let her outside the door at fifteen to go up the road to school. He collects her and brings her back. It's not the same. It's a hard I wouldn't like to be born the, the empathy is uh, is kind of gone, isn't it? The idea and the greed is kind of taken over a little bit. That's what we feel. And uh, greed and empathy, um, like one person that has empathy, it gets used by the person that's greedy. Yeah. But why does it? Yeah, but people want too much. They don't. They 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 think they need it. But everybody should just sit back and just just you don't need all you have. We had very little years ago, but we were so happy. But now we had the best of food. We're being poisoned today with the food. Um, every, everything you eat is poisoned. So today we would we pull into a town and we were in the farmer's field and you'd go in and she'd have us in because we were kids and she'd, I remember big wooden tables all down in the middle from, from cleaning them and she'd throw out a big pot of floury potatoes, homemade butter and a bit of buttermilk and you'd sit there and eat them, and that was magic and then you get cow- everything but that was all organic but out, you know, no today so, everything you eat is poisoned I have, I really am very passionate about the way we're poisoned with all these cleaning products bit of, a, a bit of vinegar <laughs> and water and that'll do more without poisoning you than all them as for that, I can't mention the name case or something, but some of them things they advertise, they have to wear gas masks while they're doing them and you can't <laughs> see them in the right. background. It's just, the products are just poisonous and we're being poisoned. I remember when, going to my grandmother's and I would smell that, um, 
I would smell the vinegar and she'd mop the floor with the vinegar and it'd smell fresh. You know? And she'd do the windows <laughs> and you can sterilise the, the children. But everybody... <laughs> all getting scrubbed with vinegar. But you know, that's too easy. And Life Boy soap. Life Boy soap. Oh, the way I have a good one about Vim. Life. We used to have Vim. Do you know the powder Vim? Right. It's horrible. It's now okay. really veranda stuff. We, when we opened the show on the thigh one year in Easter. We used to pull out on East Sunday. And Daddy, I had bought... A, now, I was 17 years old and I got a thing called a hint of a tint. It was one and sixpence to buy. That's what I'll tell you now. And I put it in my hair. It was a bit of blonde and it very it didn't show very well. Now, I had it in about three weeks, but I was standing... He came in during the interval of the show to wash his hands and have a cup of tea. And the skylight, there was a sun came through the skylight and it hit my hair. And he turned around and he looked and he said, Oh, good God, what is... Oh, mother, woman, have you seen this one? She, oh, what? I'm in the circus now, and this, oh, my God, she's going to end up the back. Oh, and he got a hold of me where the water was in the basin, put my head in it, threw all the vim over it, pushed it in, realised the people were waiting for the show to start again, ran out, and we were on the next act. But he wouldn't, she didn't, there wasn't a cold thing as, well, wait, we put someone on before her. We, I went on with a vim head full of vim <laughs> and so I streamed to do an act smiling at the people. And that was perfectly, that's acceptable to do that. And you, but, just, and you just go for that at that time? Well, I had to, you just I had go, to go in and Melda said, I had to go in. There was no such thing as get the vim out, get it, get it. She, he just went mad because he thought I was going to go astray with a bit of colour in my hair. <laughs> and you had to take the lipstick off when you came out of the ring. So there was no dyeing, no um, You weren't allowed to have it, uh, lipstick or no uh, dyed hair? Oh, you weren't allowed to have it. Oh, no, no. And anyone asked you to go out at 17, or go to a dance you'd have your arm tied around the back of your... And if you nearly kill you for the mask in you. No, he was very strict. But looking back on it, I, we, had, we often talk, my sister and I, and get together and we just laugh so much about the stuff that people are find horrific today do you know living yeah life no, was better life is different. with a few clatters and uh, for me I'm not speaking for everybody don't <laughs> no, anyone listen. bring up and tell me about no. anything this is my opinion and I'm it's going called to be no entitled shame. To you're allowed to say whatever you I don't, want yeah I don't care because I'm sick and tired of you people you can't open your mouth today but there's something wrong about what you said or how you looked or what you did uh, you talked about social media there there's a great meme on social media a picture and it says in my life things were easier because the words that came out of your mouth had consequences and there's some you open a punch and another you open it in the face you know what I mean and when I was a kid it was the same um, the other night I got to um, you, you mentioned social media and the idea of people just so changed from it like Jeffrey sitting there on the side but I was in Mount Joy right the other night and I was at a choir in Mount Joy so I got invited into a choir where there was um, guys that were doing life um, there was a guy there that was doing 24 years like now I didn't even ask him what he was in for <laughs> I was like so I told him says so what are you how long are you in he's like 24 I'm like 24 months like, oh years mate I'm like alright oh, sound mate you know what I mean lovely guy though absolutely amazing but they were in a choir and I have to say it was, it was, it was amazing I was around people that had been in a place that didn't know anything about social media wow some of them were there for 9 wow. years some of them were there for 10 years yeah. 24 years and it's like they didn't know anything about social media. One, there was one phone because at the end of it, right, they they donated a check or something like this, and uh, the guy goes, "Right, get a photo." And it's like everyone's laughing at each other because there's no phones. And like, and the governor gets up, right, so he's like, 
I'm the only one with a phone in here. <laughs> and he's like, well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so there's only one phone in the whole prison. And I even said, we hadn't got me phone on for the whole show because you had to check it in and all. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I'm having a great time here. I mean, I'm enjoying it, like, but I'm having a great time. And the people who were talking to the guys and stuff like that, and the idea, like... They they just weren't taking the phone out. They weren't distracted by it. They you could tell that they were like they were actually their head was together. They were able to have a conversation. And I was saying maybe the people that were gonna have to come back for it are the people in jail after a while. Yeah. The people are gonna have to come back for it are not that that are not corrupted by all these social media things. The world will be ending because of social media, and we'll have to break out all the prisoners to save us because they're the only ones that don't have social media. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that now, of what you're reading the papers do. But no, I just hate it because I might have often had five, five grandchildren in and they'd be texting each other from across the sofa to, you know, they wouldn't even bother. I, I just find it horrific. They, they spend 24 hours a day on phones. It's crazy, Amanda, isn't it? Um, someone's father, your father, could turn around and say, I'm in the market for an elephant. <laughs> There's not a lot of fathers that can say these things, and no one would bat an eyelid. Um, this no, I, do you know I have to tell you this one funny story again? We were in, in the north one day, and uh, I don't give one of the things eggs of eggs of it from the zoo died. I don't know was a lizard or what, but Daddy said, "Oh, we'll sort something out." He was so, and uh, there was a tad, there was a stream at the end of the field with the tadpoles. <laughs> And Daddy said, go down and get me a bucket of them. And that next night, he was the only him could do this. And he said, just don't forget now before you go winning back and see the Tasmanian tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> and he sold them. And there they were, after passing them to go into the show, <laughs> looking, going in the back to pay Oh, the Tasmanian tadpoles. Tasmanian tadpoles, yeah. Brilliant. That is a marketing genius. That's what that is. Smelled it. A marketing genius. No, if you said that, no, you couldn't do anything like that. No, you'd be. And then uh, there was another, well, this is my favourite. And I have a tape of a friend of mine years ago. I didn't know him then, but he taped a show and he's not a, a tape, one of them for devices, for just device. And Daddy's on it, but he, we had this uh, electric wrench. I say this already? And Daddy say, this young man fell into a pylon in Australia. Now, how in the fact do you fall into a pylon <laughs> anywhere? Especially Australia when they're under the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Fell into a pylon and since then he can light up everything that he's put his hand on. And I just said, today, if it's anybody, no such thing, never happened. Where you know, they, find, they can find out. You can't say anything now because they can find out in a second if you're telling the truth so or not. Kills the magic but it was just a showmanship then. He, you know, it was something to say. Fell into a pylon in Australia <laughs> and it ever since. I mean, he'd been burned to death. <laughs> but you can imagine kids like turning around hearing that at that time to me. You know, like it transports you into a time. There's two kids and they're looking at the show and your dad says that and they look at each other, you know, like, like yeah. oh my God, Charlie, you know what I mean? Or something like that. And like the magic the, 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 there's this magic that's involved with the circus and when I was there the other night I felt it I really did I could feel the idea of as I said the camaraderie and, and the stuff that was going on even the, so the idea with the with, with the animals so obviously animals have been taken out of the circus a, a huge part of it um, but back in the day animals were, were a part of the circus well uh, we look at animals were part of our lives because and we had a dog Rusty she was, must have been about 18 and 18 years old and we all she belonged to the whole show but she was so she was a, she was only a mongrel but she, uh, she hated the horses 
And my mum used to throw out the peelings and the vegetables and horses, to the horses as well. And she could sit on them for the whole day on those peelings until those horses were packed away for the night so they wouldn't get them. But she was, and she'd come into all, and we would, now the day, she she had to be put down, and that was the day, they, they closed the show down for the day because Swiss people we had on the show took her to be, to the vet, so they could put her down because nobody else could do it. And we, the whole show just sobbed all day and they didn't even show because of the dog. Like, I don't want to get into this animal thing because sometimes it drives me no, mad. Deactivate, yeah, no, no, people go into the extremities, does my head in. They do my head in. I mean, the horse, we had a horse for 20 years. You used to knock on the door and it looked for stuff. It could nearly talk to you. And that's how you grew up with them. They were part of your life. They're part of you. And they could, animals can do so much more. They don't, what are they doing now? They're putting coats on them, putting them in handbags. That's feckin' cruelty to me. Walking them around in handbags, yeah. treating them like, I mean, they're just lying around being treated like And riding them around with horses they're, as well. Horse, that's you know, not yeah. what, don't you know why our dogs never went to vets? I, my my uh, daughter, was, we settled down now and she, had her, she brought her dog, Pixie Morales, to my house. And do you know, well, it was at the vet a few times, and then I got a card from one day into the door to Miss Pixie Morales. It's time you came in for your... I said, excuse me? I rang up the vet. I said, I don't know where, what planet you're on or what where you're sending your animals to, but my dog can't read. <laughs> I said, so it's absolutely pointless you sending a letter to the dog. I said, don't bother Barney sending anything anymore. It's like, I mean, it's all... It's all money. You check ups. The dog was 20, was 18 years old. I never went to a vet till the vet had to put her asleep. Uh, what is all this about vets? They eat your food. No, the special food. It's just all gone crazy. It, it's, it, it's, it's who pays to the top because there is a the thing with the food because I'm actually in, I'll be into the, the know how and I love my own dogs. Like I have, I have a, a box of Katie and she's amazing. Um, I had a box of Frank and he had to have him put down but he's amazing. What an amazing uh, uh, relationship between animals. Um, but the food thing is just saying there um yeah, I do agree with you because there's, there's this stuff that's pushed to the top of the shelf now. You will see like the pedigrees and all these like pedigree uh, chum and stuff like that is like feeding your dog McDonald's all day long. It's terrible food. Yeah. So like what we feed my dog is um, it's like it's 80-20 which is like 80% meat and 80% or 20% vegetables so it's like a natural kind of Yeah, thing. but you're doing Can that you there them? again now. You're, you're actually doing that what I'm scared to present me. They ate the scraps off the table. They didn't have dog food. They didn't have tin but food. But this is what I mean. But these, they just ate they would whatever be more was natural left. than some of the dog yeah. foods. I find out the dog but foods are packed on with all of these like carbs, so, all of these fillers yeah. and stuff like that. Now you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Like what I know the behaviour of my dog. Like um, so I feed my dog. I said really, really good food, but it's natural. Like you could eat, it. I could eat. It. It's that good of a food. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a high level of protein in it. But my behaviour of my dog and stuff like that, and I do see like that. Um, I treat. A tree whore, I'd probably treat her better than some people, to be honest. Well, look at everybody. <laughs> no, but that's the way everyone is on the show. They absolutely adore people who go in with lions and they have them in their wagon with them. They don't, they, they have to be, love them and treat them like that for, the, for them not to be eaten alive at a start. 
And it's just, I, when I, I don't want to get started because sometimes any, any activists drive me insane, anybody who's obsessive about obsessive, something. Yeah. And it's like that. I mean, there's people in Switzerland and, and they're getting a fortune from all these people leaving money to the cats and dogs. And, they, they, and they're just get, they're fueling these people who don't know anything about anything. And they're coming along protesting. But they don't even know what they're protesting about. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the, the people on the circus... And I, if I, this just really infuriates me. Have animals, can't they love them? The, the, they adore uh, you can, them. You can see that relationship. There's always going to be somebody yeah. who doesn't. I'm not saying that who doesn't, but there's somebody everywhere. I mean, I've seen people who don't in uh, next doors or different houses. They don't always look after the animals the way you'd like. No, nobody. Animals. And children too sometimes. <laughs> and children. Um, tell us about a moment when you were standing there because you mentioned a the lion there as well. Like, and to me, the, the, the circus is or the, the a lion is attached to the circus in a way of like, like I could imagine like the other night when I said when or the, when I was there, um, like uh, a lion came or bringing a lion out into like a room full of people and like uh, and being able to. To, to control, manage that situation. Like, like we can imagine being in a room like that with something so powerful that, you know what I mean? And, and being able to watch somebody walk them around. Have you been in a situation where you've seen this happen in life? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the lion tamer was killed years ago in Ballymun, if you remember. That was on my brother-in-law's circus. Oh, and uh, Yeah, guy who was a lovely man. He was full of Chipperfield's uh, horror. And yeah, just... Um, just got him and, uh, and uh, when he wasn't it's just one of those things because it's going to happen a- anywhere yeah but it happens Steve Irwin it was one of, one of the biggest things in the in the world and, and it happens you know he would have been putting himself in many dangerous situations one of the most qualified and, yeah. and unfortunately he lost his life in Dynamo Animals but when you're Dynamo Animals there is this risk there's this risk with the trapeze sure, with everything sure, sure. I mean you know, the dogs often turn I mean dogs can turn yeah. on you I don't trust it like with babies you know I've had a few grandchildren and I'm always saying don't care if the dog sleeps with his granny and it loves him I don't, I don't go near them you don't you can't be sure you can't be sure any. what was this situation um, I didn't know about this to be honest the Bally Moon if you don't mind talking about it um, well that's I don't sure. know the I situation many years ago that is now um, Cyril Cusack was a friend of mine he came out to do he came out to introduce the show they had a, this was a no this was a charity one they had for after the, the Gordon House was was killed but uh, he just um, was rehearsing with them and um, he just happened to turn his back and when well, the wild animals, they see a chance. So she turned your back? So I wasn't there, thank God, at the time, but I went over that day and uh, it was just unfortunate. But it, it was, accidents happened. There was somebody killed on the loose this morning. Or was it? At three o'clock this morning. Everywhere around the world there's someone. But so for the for the amount of risks that people take and on circuses, very few things happen. I say this all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, I say this all the time. I say it because the, the, the sport of mixed martial arts, people would be like, oh, how did you do that? That's crazy. Like, fighting a lad. And I'm like, people climb Everest. Like, there's a good chance you're not going to make it if you're going to climb Everest. You know? Like, it's like, and people do these things because it's the human part in us, you know? Like, if you're climbing Everest, you're going to walk past people that have died and that are still there. And they... they all the yeah, time, and they haven't even decomposed, so like they'd be exactly how they died because of the cold and stuff. Now, 
I only re- I only found that out like uh, we had um, we had Damien uh, we had Damien Brown on which is like he's going to climb Everest now he rode across the Atlantic Ocean on his own single handedly and I just one, one of these dudes that's just like tell us a bit more Damien you know because he knows what he's talking about and he knows how to go deep in themselves but we've, as I said I was fascinated about uh, at the idea of like being at your family circus and, and watching this going on the, the two brothers that um and two brothers, am I right in saying it? Tom, Tom and Jamie. So this this ring comes out. It's a big um I'll try to get a picture of it and, and put it in here what I'm talking about. These two circles are right and they rotate, they do, right? Now I'm not messing. These people are what, 50, 60 feet in the air, oh, going and probably, one and standing on his shoulders. On, yeah, and on top of each other and the rings are wrong. And what they're doing is they're um, I would not I know a lot about momentum because of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and wrestling and stuff like that, how to build momentum. And you can see exactly how they're doing it. It's like the sticky water. All in a situation they're stuck to the rings but one step out uh, line am I right? Oh, that's just what well, Annie, they're not, they're not stuck to it. You no, don't think they have magnets on their this feet, what that's what people think. think. But they, they have a brilliant show, though, and uh, they do work, they work very hard to keep the standard the way it is. And David and my uncle, my uncle, that was seven brothers years ago, Duffy brothers, seven of seven. them. And you know, when I think about where we used to live, we had our breakfast in the morning, then we had afternoon tea. Then we had lunch, we had our dinner, then we had our tea, then we had our supper. All we ever seemed to do was eat. Nobody See? eats like that now. Oh, no. I wish we did. No, I know you really <laughs> wouldn't and doing all that martial arts. I could man. do it, I could do it, I tell you. Um, who was the biggest clown out of everybody? Um, my uncle was the great, best Uncle Johnny. He was the be- be- most famous clown in Ireland, John. He was hilarious. And I the bird lives that's what I was saying. He was at the show that night when he was couldn't stop laughing over the clown outside the room. He was I was talking to him and he just said he, he we used to go in every day to see him make the people laugh because he was he used to talk in clown to say he tell he talk and he used to do a thing with a booking bike. And needless to say, when he was saying, give me the book and bike, you know, it was... <laughs> yeah, it was a book and bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and things, he was, he was just very famous and well-known. And he was, he wasn't, he, he was hilarious. And they, they do a brilliant job. Uh, my, there's seven of them, and there's two left now, Uncle Freddie and Uncle Tommy. He was 90 and he's not travelling anymore. He's not travelling anymore, but him. Make sure Robin gets that picture. He's not travelling anymore, but he's um, he's still involved. And he's 90? 90, and he's, yeah, he's, he's still... Uh, That's a circus trick in its own. You <laughs> have to keep doing that at 90. Yeah. The, um, the, say the, the time, I was, I was thinking, because when I seen the clown the last time, right, um, the clown, that's, that's the, the present clown, now that's at that, that uh, Duffy Circus, um, when It the Clown came out, remember the horror film? Was that kind of like... Oh, yeah. and, oh God, I couldn't bear that. Anyway, was that kind of like a kick in the gillies no, or something like that no, for the circus just, crowds? Because no, not the clown really. was so amazing, like such a, like a centerpiece. No, but there are, there's a name for them. The kids, the kids, there are kids who are afraid of clowns to this day. Nothing to do with it. But when that was on one night in my house, with the four, four of my kids with me and a couple of them upstairs, babies asleep, because I have eight children. And 
that came on and I was watching it and the, the electricity went all over <gasps> Tala. So do you know what I did? I was so scared. I set put the fire, we had an open fire and I put our school shoes on the fire to keep it going. To keep it going. <laughs> <in case. laughs> so that's the effect that, that effect that had on me. I wouldn't watch that now. I don't like, I don't like that horror of, is that why the clowns are a little bit more human now? Would you think? Because I was I was a little bit shocked at the clown. Not shocked, but I was like, the the clown he had like really good gelled hair. That's Javid, yeah. Yeah, red nose. They did a great job, amazing job. But he was a lot more kind of approachable clown. You know what well, I mean? You know, he's more to everything's moving on, and the kids yeah. today don't want. They have to see that everything has to be new for them. You know, because they, they, everything is, social media makes everything, everything has to be young, it has to be topical, has to do stuff that's relevant to today. Whereas year, years ago it was slapstick and it was any old, like they totally wouldn't be acceptable. Uncle Johnny was to say, uh, if there was too many, uh, too Chinese, what uh, he used to say gags that wouldn't be acceptable exactly. now. Listen, listen. No, it was just two Chinese. Yeah. Once upon a time, there was two Chinese. Look how many there are now. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't... Kids today, no, couldn't. they couldn't say it, first no. of all. And secondly, the kids them. wouldn't get that. So they've had to move on. As you can see, the show with the laser and the whole this lot. I mean, it's exceptionally brilliant. This is what I want to kind of elaborate on the idea of like to be able to change with the times like that, but not just the times of like technology, but the ideas of the change of the entertainment. What is funny? What's allowed to be funny? What's not allowed to be funny these days? Like I reckon if, if a clown hits somebody with a pie these days in the crowd, they'd sue them. Oh, you could, you, yeah, they'd sue you for anything. But you know, that's why you have to. That's why you have to be careful. But. It's produced so well and done. It's, I mean, I'm not just blowing my heart, but it is an exceptionally fabulous show. And for the money that they pay, when you think they're going to these concerts and they're paying 100 and to, to pay money that they pay for, just live entertainment where people could actually lose their lives. Now it's their own, up to them. But it's just the cheapest form of good entertainment. And the showman, the greatest showman, did a good boost for the show. Amazing. Hugh Jackman is amazing. I, I just love him. Have you him. seen the film? Oh, did I see the film? I just love him. I think he's fantastic. I, and I've read all the stories about Barnum and Bailey. Anyway, I've read the truth, you know, the, the stories. Would you have been told these tales as a young girl? Um, oh, no, not those tales I couldn't repeat. It. No, no. We, we were told tales about what they got away with years ago. Daddy used to tell us about these show people when we were very young. We were only babies. They'd come into town on him and uh, they'd, for a week before they'd come, they'd have, he's coming on the posters all around the town. He's coming. And then the next thing, he's here. He's here. And then they, these two scoundrels, whoever they were, but you got, they got the local fella that does all this, minding halls and things. And then they got the money for the show and then They'd say at about ten past eight, just all pull the curtain, and then we'd hear Daddy said the motorbike revving up out the back, and the two of them gone, and they'd open the curtain, and there's a big sign, he's gone. Oh, <laughs> 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 but I thought that. But see, I would if that happened to me, I'd collapse. I was so entertained, I'd die laughing over that. <laughs> you would accept he's 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 here and he's gone. Would, and the try and the mother, daddy tell you these stories, and you just crack up laughing. And we used to listen to Bush at bedtime on the radio because we didn't have telly. And daddy, 
Daddy was a boxing fanatic. Oh my God! And when he's taking pulling down the tent, I'd have to walk around with a transistor radio on my shoulder in the rain while he was pulling up the canvas so he could hear the fight going, whatever was going on. It was Ali or something. And, and Bugs, Lugs Brannigan, he loved Lugs when he used to go to the to the boxing ring, you know, in town. Yeah. And the only time in his life that he ever left the show because it was less like getting a thing from the Pope to get away uh, he went to see Muhammad Ali when he was over here oh amazing that was and I still have the tickets amazing he, that was the highlight of his life going to see Muhammad Ali was that in the there. Phoenix Park was it yeah it was yeah, Crow, um, Park. Crow, Sorry, Park. Crow Park but to him that would have daddy he never left the show for anything I mean you've taken away and I mean and I had chicken pox when I was 21 and I, I was so ill, but I still had to go in and do the show. And then I was downtown, they were saying, Dad, Granny said, don't let her down there, she's got all that, we'll get ruined the business, they won't come, but she's... So, did nothing stop the show going on, and you were never sick, that's why I never take illness serious today, because you were never allowed to be sick. But, Daddy went, to, for the only time in his life that I remember, went up to Dublin to see Muhammad Ali, and it was... A highlight of his life. He Talk was about obsessed weeks. with boxing. I only went with him once to the stadium, and he beat me. He was battering. He was. I don't know who was on, but I was. I, being a woman, I was only upset about the one that was hurt. Yeah, because he used and Lugs Brandon was doing the refereeing then, and I never went back with him again. I couldn't stand it. It was very. It was kind of a more brutal years ago. I think. Oh, the, well, boxing because he was blood like you'd been battering, and I didn't see the merit in it. But Daddy. Was that was it? He got to see Muhammad Ali, and that was. And as I say, I still have the tickets. That, that's a that's a tough tough game, and especially back in that times, it was oh tough. You, you fought for glory and pride a lot rather than checks because the checks definitely. Well, you never that got money You never got paid, way. probably. You know what I mean? No. Sometimes, but it's a. Uh, do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure to sit here and talk to you. Well, well do you know what? It's it's right. No, I've so met you before. It's lovely in. meeting you, and I love to watch you're working for and what you're aiming for, and I hope. You keep like that. I hope you never get disillusioned. Oh, you can never doing. change. It's just not in me. You know what I mean? My Gosh. mother would let me. I still got a boot in the arse. <laughs> 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 that was episode 106. Absolute pleasure to sit here and talk to this wise woman. Thank you for letting me pick your brain. And I really appreciate it. Um, I do advise you, go and watch the Duffy Circus. It's absolutely amazing. They do a laser show in it. The wheel show that we're at the being talking about was incredible. And listen, I don't even do justice, me dear, selling it. But it's an absolute amazing show. And if you get a chance, you'll be very lucky to go with it. Look after yourself.